How's your appetite? Are you feeling hungry? What kind of appetite do you bring to your study of God's Word? Are you truly hungry for it? Or are you checking a spiritual breakfast box by the way you may check a meal choice in a hospital menu? Various verses in the super-long Psalm 119 lay out David's intense craving for God's Word. He writes, My soul is consumed with longing for your laws. I hold fast to your statutes. I open my mouth and pant, longing for your commands. Such passion and desperation is a bit humbling for us, perhaps. Are we as desperate for God's Word as we are for the season finale in our favorite Netflix program of the moment? Let's sit and wrestle with that for a moment. And now, let's take a good long look at what we see in the mirror. In our entertainment-laced culture, where images and updates are carefully curated, packaged, and marketed, we are ruined to some degree to fully experiencing this kind of longing. In the revealing book, Liturgy of the Ordinary, author Tish Harrison points out that we are prone to a faith that is full of adrenaline, excitement, and activity, rather than quiet depth and substance. But we can learn together to approach our Savior with a longing and passion worthy of all He is and all that He offers us. This longing prepares us to enter into His presence fully, preparing our hearts, hands, and feet for true kingdom work. Another great resource I've found to help me reignite my passion for studying God's Word and basking in His presence is Before You Open Your Bible. Written by Math Smithhurst, this slim volume of wisdom is written to help us avoid rushing into God's presence without a proper posture of reverence, deference, and yes, longing. He suggests literally praying for wisdom to be revealed to us before we even crack it open. That kind of zeal for God's Word is reminiscent of the joy revealed by the prophet Ezekiel. He was so hungry for God's Word that he literally ingested the pages it was written on. Don't try this at home, just saying. But Ezekiel wrote in chapter 2 and 3 in his book of the Bible about how the scrolls he ingested tasted as sweet as honey. Is your time with God rich and sweet like Ezekiel's? If not, Join me in taking steps to improve and transform our time with God from a snack-sized box of junk food into a feast worth remembering. After all, if we're snacking all day on cheese puffs, we shouldn't be surprised if we don't have room for a steak. Smithhurst also offers another handy diet tip when it comes to reading your Bible, and that is the expectation that you will indeed be fed. He writes, When you open your Bible, don't expect to be under some mystical spell. Speak directly to the author. Ask the Spirit to unblind you to the beauty staring you in the face. Join me in approaching God's Word with an expectation of what He's going to give you and thank Him in advance for all He'll do. I'd like to share an excerpt now from my third book, The Vault Door, which will come out this fall. Contemplating the Awe of God, Multiplying Bread and Fish The miracle of Jesus multiplying the five loaves and two fish offers a wealth of valuable lessons about generosity, obedience, responsibility, conservation, and redistribution. But the amazing tale of this decidedly meager offering from a small boy in the hands of a really big God in itself deserves to be appreciated for its triumph over improbability and its indisputable wow factor. Imagine witnessing this amazing miracle, the feeding of thousands of people out in the middle of nowhere with supplies that would fit into the palms of two hands. No matter how many times this scene has been captured on film, I don't think any of us can fully imagine what the experience was like for those who were there. Imagine the incredible quality of the bread and fish made by God Himself, the texture, the aroma, and the taste. 
Surely it was like nothing they'd ever experienced, even though we don't get those kinds of details. This kind of miracle is the kind of thing God specializes in. He loves to demonstrate His divine power in the middle of seemingly impossible circumstances. He uses regular people with willing servants. He even uses murderers, such as Moses, Paul, and David, and prostitutes like Rahab, to accomplish His work. He wants the people who are willing to be used by Him to sacrifice their resources and time to accomplish His work. I still remember the words of my young son after he spent a year bringing his offering to Sunday school. What does Jesus do with my quarters, he said. In his mind, a few quarters wouldn't amount to making much of a difference in a world where thousands are starving. Yet over time, after participating in the school's offering program I started based on this comment, he came to understand the importance of his giving and cultivated a generous and loving heart as a result of it. Our resources and time offerings might seem like drops in the buckets to us, but giving is like voting. If everyone doesn't participate, the system collapses and its impact is largely diminished. The quarters from the offering program over time turned into thousands of dollars at my son's school, and what a boy's mom allotted for a single lunch he surrendered to Jesus ended up feeding over 5,000 people. Afterwards, 12 baskets of pieces of bread and fish were still left over. What are you holding on to that might seem like a meager offering that God could use for His glory? Are you gripping too tightly to your schedule, your earnings, or your possessions? What stands between the miracles God stands poised to do through you and your willingness to sacrifice that can maybe make all the difference to His kingdom work? And the keys to kingdom living are join and partner with God in making a difference in this world. And the doorpost is He took the seven loaves and the fish and gave thanks and broke it and started to give it to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people and they all ate and were satisfied. Matthew 15, 36 to 37. Thank you for tuning in today to His GPS for your SOS. Cindy also posts encouragement daily on Instagram. Her first two books in her Plan Door Devotion Trilogy are available on Amazon. Her bi-monthly blogs can be found at cindyyorks.com.